The Lord is good. And all the time. Let me just get my help here. I'm looking for someone who is yet to crack the mask and no mist in your glasses thing. Uh, that one is still outstanding for me. <laughs> so it's, it's either or. But uh, welcome. Welcome back. Um, I don't see anyone worshipping with us for the first time, but there are others who haven't been around for a while. Thank you for coming. Welcome back. Home is here. We miss you. We love you. And we're hoping that we'll continue um, in fellowship together. It's been a roller coaster ride. Um, remember when uh, Brother Martin spoke to us about whether you can see anything good in things that happen. I don't know if you remember that message. And then we talked about letting the anointing flow in our lives and growing in our relationship with God. And just last Sunday we were talking about speaking the words of God with each other. And uh, I was involved in two Bible studies this past week in CHF. And it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting um, what the Lord is doing and the things that he's speaking into our lives. And uh, today I want us to continue. Uh, this is my final message in this series. And we are going to look at the title. I want the title. God wants you to flourish. Amen. God wants you to flourish. And here's how. I'll be explaining how that is going to happen. But we need to have an unwavering conviction that God wants us to flourish. Amen. God wants us to flourish. Many of the things that we doubt God are because we haven't reached that point where we think he wants us to flourish. We, we haven't reached that point where we think he loves us so much so that he wants the best of us. He wants the best for us. It's very easy to assume the worst, even in our relationships. Such that for some of us, we've had to make it a rule. In our relationship, we've just had to make it a rule and say, I am assuming that no matter what she says or he says to me, he means the best. It may be a mistake, it may hurt, but my assumption is they mean the best. And most of the times they are. So we need to move around with not just an assumption, but the knowledge from the word of God that God wants us to flourish. God wants us to do well. God wants us to excel. Amen? When we get that in our spirit, then accepting the word of God is not going to be a problem. Amen? When an angel shows up and says you're going to have a baby and you've never known a man, it takes a lot of trust to say, be it as unto me according to your word. When the word of the Lord comes to you clearly and says, go and marry a harlot, it takes a lot of trust to really go and marry a harlot. At Hosea, I had to think, God will be glorified in all this. And he means well for me. We are at a time of the year when um, those that farm are preparing their gardens. You've seen it all around. And I can assure you one thing. Each and every one of those people 
preparing their gardens for the planting season coming up, they have the best intentions in their hearts. They have the best intentions. They have plans that their crops will flourish and they will do everything they can to make sure that their crops flourish. They will get the fertilizer. Some are already asking, so where is that, that one that was promised? They have the best intentions for their crops. It would be interesting to find a farmer, prepare his field, and actually have the intentions of having their crops fail. You find that one, I want to meet them. But every farmer I know, when they're preparing their gardens, when they're buying seed and they're making all the estimations, the idea is this crop is going to flourish. Come what may, but the expectation is this crop is going to flourish. Locusts may hit the place, but they'll say, I want to see how many have, have, are left and whether that, what is remaining, is flourished, is going to flourish. And so I want to talk today about two things, God's intention in our lives, and then we're going to talk about how he intends us to flourish. So this is the month of flourishing. God wants us to flourish. But I want us to really look at this word called flourish. To flourish is to be in a vigorous state, to thrive. It is to to be in one's prime, to, to be at the height of fame. You, you have excellence, you, you have influence. When you're flourishing, you're at your best. Hallelujah. Now let's turn to Psalm 92, the one that we have based this, month, this whole month on. Psalm 92, verse 12 to 15. The Bible says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Now, I want you to notice that a palm tree lives through some of the harshest conditions. A palm tree. When you talk about the cedars of Lebanon, these are not trees you plant in 20 years and they are ready. No. They go through stuff and they're strong. Verse 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. You plant yourself in the house of the Lord. You plant yourself in your relationship with God. You are going to flourish. Hallelujah. It's a guarantee from the word of God. You plant yourself in God. You will flourish. You will do well. You will be at your prime, excellence will be about you. Verse 14. They shall, these are the ones who have planted themselves in the house of God. They shall bear fruit in old age. Hallelujah. You, you shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Flourishing. You are going to be in a constant state of bearing fruit, of being in your prime, even in your old age. Retirement doesn't come up in your vocabulary. I remember one brother, Stephen Adeo, he, 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 he was talking about what he was going to do in retirement. He said, I know in retirement, physically, my strength is going to be worn out. 
So I've decided. He bought drums from all sorts of places. He went into the Caribbean. He used to work in the, in the UN. He went to the Caribbean. He bought drums from the Caribbean. He, wherever he found drums, he found. And he collected children's stories. He says, you know, when I go home, I'm going to invite children to my home. And we're going to play all these bongos from wherever and whatever. If you didn't know, bongo is not a car. It's a drum. It's a type of drum. So he says, I'm going to collect all these children and tell them stories. And, and, and I just want to be known as that old man with stories. But within those stories, it's going to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, there's nothing like me retiring from, from being an evangelist. Even in his old age, you flourish when you plant yourself in the house of God. And all this is because God wants you to declare that he is upright. He is your rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Hallelujah. Make a decision and be established in the word of God. Be established in your relationship with Jesus Christ and you will flourish. Because that's God's will for you. That's why David said, it is better to be in the house of the Lord and spend a thousand days. Not even in the house. At the gates at least. If things haven't worked out well. At least be at the gates of the house of the Lord. Amen? Because don't you know, there are different types of watchmen, but the watchman at state house has got a certain level of confidence. Pride. Because he's at state house. Hello? So David said, I would rather spend a thousand days in, in, in the gates of me, the house of the Lord, than a thousand elsewhere. Because he knew there was something about being with God that he just had to get. Joshua did the same thing. Every time you read, Moses has left the tent of the tabernacle. There was always this little phrase hidden in there and that says, but Joshua, the son of man, remained at the doors. Is it any wonder when God had to choose a successor? He said, I want this one. This one is seeking after me. Amen? Everybody who chooses to seek after God, God will reveal himself to you. Hallelujah. So the word flourish in these few verses occurs three times. And where I come from, when someone, when a teacher repeats something three times. Let me see if you recognize this. Sungan. Sunganani. Sunganani. Luis Manjolo. How many of you know I'm in trouble already? Repetition. Says this is important. Whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter. Drop it. I want you to come here. And so God in these few verses says, flourish, flourish. Ah, let's change things up a bit. Flourishing continues. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 and I think up to 28, God also talks about, he, he reveals his intentions for creating man. It was to be blessed, to, for us to be a blessing, for us to do well, for us to bless others. Amen? Read that scripture. John chapter 15 verse 1 to 8. We usually look at these scriptures when we are looking at pruning 
and how God is, is, is going to cut off the branches that are dry and so on and so forth. But really, when you look at those scriptures, the real issue is the pruning and the cutting off of dead branches is because he wants this tree to bear fruit. He wants this tree to flourish. So whatever discipline comes into our lives, it's not because God hates us. Actually, on the contrary, it's because he loves us. Because those that he loves, he rebukes. Because he wants you to flourish. Let's go to to the book of Mark, chapter 4. Verse 3. The book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 3. I want us to see that God actually wants us to flourish. And I will qualify a few things. Because these days when you talk about flourishing... And people begin to think of uh, material blessings only. And that's a bit imbalanced. But in Mark chapter 4, verse 3, Jesus begins this parable with this statement. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. What is the intention of a sower going out to sow? The intention is he wants that crop to grow. He wants that crop to be fruitful and bear crop. More than what he has planted. Because you reap what you, you, reap what you plant. You reap what you sow. But you also reap more than you sow. That's, that's the expectation. You reap later than you sow. But the expectation is you want more. You want abundance. You want more. So we are told here that in, in, in chapter In the same chapter, verse 14, it says the sower sows the word, the word, the word of God in that parable which we'll come to read. But I just want you to to see that when Jesus was telling this parable, his intention was that whoever hears the word of God should should flourish. Whoever hears the word of God should prosper. Whoever hears the word of God should do well, should be in their prime. One of my favorite philosophers was uh, the late Jim Rohn. And Jim Rohn is accredited with many, many uh, quotes that have become famous today. But what people do not know is that Jim Rohn, most of what he said that have been quoted are from here. It's the word of God. He was supposed to be, I think, a business philosopher. He's classified as a business philosopher. But most of the things he said are from scripture. So he will say things that, um, for instance, the the, the famous quote by Zig Ziglar, that if you help enough people get what they want, you will also get what you want. What people like Zig Ziglar don't tell you is that they were talking about the greatest, the the commandment that you should do to others what you have to do to you. They spoke the word of God. So God's intention for our lives is very clear. He wants us to flourish. Primarily, I'm talking here about our relationship with Jesus Christ because it is that relationship from where everything flows. Most people do not know that Isaac Watts was a Christian. God gave us electricity, wattage, and everything. We don't know. I just forgotten the other guy who discovered penicillin. Christian. How many of you like Heinz tomato sauce? Henry Heinz, Christian. 
So your relationship with God will make you flourish not just in issues of the kingdom of God but everything else that you touch. Psalm chapter 1. Amen? So are you a photographer? Make the relationship with Jesus Christ something and he'll give you an eye no other photographer has. And people will be saying that these photos my challenge to you I don't know what you are or what you do but you make Jesus Christ center you hold on to his word you begin to flourish in whatever you do hallelujah now god has got the best intentions for us to flourish the question is are you flourishing before the lord let me put it in another way how is your relationship with god right now is it flourishing would you say right now your relationship with god is flourishing if it is we praise god pass it on amen pass it on because there's nothing like i've arrived the moment you arrive just know one thing you're dead pass it on what has helped you to flourish in your relationship with god pass it on to somebody else bless somebody else i did not say that it is easy to flourish in your relationship with god okay let's let's pray about it it is not easy i did not say it is trouble free i'll be lying to you i said is it flourishing is your relationship with god flourishing because like i was saying before that palm trees and cedars are trees that flourish in the harshest of conditions when you see the the pictures of palm trees in in mangochi and it's on a calm day and there are people holding hands walking by the beach you think ah oh, palm trees easy no you don't know the type of winds that you have just come when the story is towards the end you don't know the rest of it but in spite of some of the harshest conditions palm trees could ever survive they flourish in fact i've always been captivated by desert oases in the middle of nowhere are these trees there's this there's water there's vegetation and all around it for miles and miles and miles is sand but where there's water you'll find this oasis and almost all the time you will find a palm tree how did it get there how did it survive all that our walk with Christ is not a smooth walk it's not a smooth ride devoid of challenges in fact because you are with Christ it gets harder there there are times when you say you know before i knew Christ it it was easier but let me remind you that it is easier to go downstream than to swim up but the ones that swim up come out better than the ones that are just flowing 
Amen. So our walk with Christ is not smooth. Sometimes simply because you are a Christian, you'll be persecuted. There are some Christians I've known for most of their life, it's been a life of struggle. It's been a life of pain. It's been a life which you say, Lord, give them rest from all these things. I'm not talking about death. I'm talking about the things that trouble them should live. But those are some of the people who have joy that you cannot explain in spite of all that they're going through. So let's answer the question again. Is your relationship with Jesus Christ flourishing? Because if it is not, then we've got work to do. So let's talk about how you're going to flourish. At least what the word of God shows us. And how we are going to flourish. Ah, Pastor, you don't, you don't understand. The man I call husband, if you only understood, never mind him. We're talking about you flourishing. You don't work where I work. It's true. I, I don't work where you work, so I do not know some of your colleagues and the way they will mistreat you or backbite you. I but you've got to flourish there. Amen? You've got to flourish there. So in Mark chapter 4, verse 1 to 20, I'm going to read it. The Bible says, And again he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into the boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on, one, on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on the ground, on good ground, and yielded crop that sprang up, increased and produced. Some thirty-four, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him here. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside all things come in parables. To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. God wants you to know about the kingdom. He wants you to know about him. Remember, eternal life is knowing God, you are on the inside. You have an unfair advantage over those who do not yet know the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you look into this word, you have the password, so to speak. Amen? You have the password. So that, verse 12, seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins 
be forgiven them. And he said to do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? God wants you to understand his word. Amen? Luke chapter 4 verse 45. says, they, they, Jesus opened up the disciples' minds so that they understood the scripture. So take it away from your mind, this idea that scripture cannot be understood. Remember, the intention of God is that we should know his word and flourish. Amen? You should know his word and flourish. He wants you to understand the scripture. So your approach to scripture should be different. God did not write this so that he could knock our heads cold with trying to figure out the puzzles of life or the puzzles of who he is. He wrote this so that we must understand and when we apply it in our lives, our lives begin to flourish. And they continue flourishing. Verse 14. He explains to them the parable. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, it comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on the stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But they are the ones, but these are the ones sown on the good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit. Some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Hallelujah. So I want us to look at how we flourish, at least according to the Lord Jesus Christ. There are different types of groups of people. There are the wayside ones. These are the ones who fell on the wayside. And when they fell on the wayside, as the soil was, was sowing, you must understand they didn't make ridges the way we do when you're sowing maize and so on. It was kind of like broadcast sowing. So the ones that fell on the wayside were eaten up by the birds. And Jesus interprets this to say, it's Satan who comes immediately and takes the word that was sown in the hearts of these people. Verse 15. So I want you to know, Satan is in church. Because immediate, immediately after the word is spoken, he comes and he wants to steal that word. This is how he steals it. So he's not wearing a necktie today. What's wrong with his pastor? Look, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching the word of God. Forget the fact that I'm not wearing a necktie. I don't like them. They're uncomfortable for me. Deal with it. Get the word of God. Don't, don't let small, 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 tiny things rob you of the treasures God wants you to know about himself. It's been a while. Thing is not painted. You missed the fact that the windows are clean. And you have forgotten that I've just said these points because you are now... That, that's how Satan steals from us. Immediately after service, you get out and someone says, you know, but that sermon, I have my doubts. 
whether X, Y, Z. Uh, tell that brother or sister something helps. Don't let them steal the word that God has spoken to you. Amen? I'm telling you, Satan may be evil, but he's smart too. How? He brings in voices of doubt. God has just told Adam and Eve, don't eat of this food. How does it come in? Did God really say? He casts doubt on what God has said. In other words, do you really think you should trust God? I think he's holding back something from you. So he will cast doubt. He will throw in issues of political correctness about how some scriptures are supposed to be interpreted. There are lots of voices that are up against the word of God today. There are opinions that are not based on the word of God. There are opinions on marriage. If he does it again, Zidai Mari. Scripture tells us differently. Amen? There are opinions about how to raise children. No, 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 I don't spank my children. Hey, but the scripture says when you spare the road, you ruin the child. We used to spank. And all of them are still alive up to now. And I'm sure they learned their lessons. Oh, this is child abuse. I'll tell you this is freedom of worship. Deal with it. That's where I stand. Parenting has come to a point where parents who just say, oh, they, oh let them have it, let them have it. They're struggling later on with unruly kids who have never known the boundaries of correction. They did a poll in the U.S. I think it was the Barner Group that did this poll among the, 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 the teens. I think it was this two, three years ago about the parenting styles in the U.S. And basically, the children, the, the teens were saying, we want our parents to parent us. Not just to let us go like that. In short, that's what they were saying. But because we want to be all so politically correct, everything they want you give, you struggle with them later on. They are not well-rounded individuals. I remember there was a time where it was preached from this very puppet to say, you know, the parenting that we have these days, it's like the generation that, is, that we, have, we are raising up in this, in, in this time, the, the shock absorbers that our parents gave us, they don't have them. And when life comes, you find somebody is breaking down over something that we are saying, but we used to handle this. How, how can they not handle? I have a friend who's a lecturer. He says, somebody fails an exam, comes to his office and starts crying. Can you imagine if it was our time? You go to your lecturer's office and you start crying. You'll say, you, you're not fit to be in college. But he says, these days I'm all, I'm a lot of roles mixed up into one. I'm a lecturer, I'm a parent these guys, because they are coming, then they're not trained well enough, to put it mildly. 
some of us, you know, my parents had a vehicle from 1983. They had a vehicle. There was always a family vehicle from 1983. I was 10 years old. But when it came time to go to secondary school, they said, you are going to praise the secondary school. We are living here. Here is the bus fare. You leave tomorrow. I'd never been to Pezi, but they said there was a bus that went to Pezi. That was all they told me. I had to find my way. You tell some these days, goodness me, they don't know where Area 25 is. The point is, our parenting, the way we run our families, the way we work has to be informed by the word of God. Do not let the devil steal those principles from you. When you go to the office or you're doing business, the Bible says whatever, that, whatever we do, we should do it as though we're doing it unto the Lord. You go to the office, you pour yourself into the work and people begin to say, that's the devil stealing from you the principle of excellence the principle that will make you to flourish don't let him do that if they say to you company in the ambuya and say yes ambuya Jesus Christ and I will work as if I'm working for him if you have problems with that sorry and I guarantee you pretty soon they will recognize you and they will wonder he came only a few years ago. Now he's gone up. Your work begins to speak of who you are. So those are the ones on the wayside. So how are we going to apply this? I want you to flourish. Be aware of Satan's whisper that casts doubt on the word of God in your life. You should be aware of them. And when you are aware... Of those whispers, do not negotiate with the devil. Because there's a word for those who negotiate with the devil. They are called victims. When he said, did God say? If the response, yes he did. And that's what we're going to do. Thank you very much. I went to some shop uh, yesterday or two days ago. Uh, the one of the bulbs at the back, one of the lights was, was blown. So I went and I said, uh, I need this replaced. Oh, we do this for so much. I said, fine. So while there, I'm, big, I'm looking at this place and they've got MP3 players. They've got all these accessories for cars and so on. I was like, wow, do you have this? I said, yes, we do have it in this, in this shop. I said, how much? They said 8,000. I said, oh, okay. Um, I think I'll see it after we are done. So the, this guy turns to his colleague and says, you see what is going on. So I said, why, is, why are you offering me something that is not in the shop? I said, no. It's okay. If I do this with you, you will never trust me again. And I don't think you should reach a point where you don't trust me. So I'll not buy. Thank you very much. But did you see how the devil was coming in to steal something? Did you see it? It's practical living. 
and he doesn't slow down and he doesn't let you up. He may for a while, but you always pick an opportune time to try again. Because our devil doesn't go on vacation. So, don't negotiate with the devil. Respond with the word of God. Tell him it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the word of God, from the mouth of God. The devil will try so many, so many. There are times you don't even have to negotiate. You just take off. Joseph taught us that. He just took off. No lawsuit, he ends up in prison for standing up for what God has put, had put in his life. The second one are the stony ones. Verse 16, he says, they are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. It's very interesting that in all the, 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 the types of people we are going to look at, look at, everybody hears the word of God. But their response to the word of God is what makes the issue. So the stony ones, the stony soil, the stony people are the ones who have heard the word of God, but they have no soil or moisture, according to Luke chapter 8 verse 6, same parable. There is no moisture. The conditions around them do not help them to flourish. But they spring up quickly enough. Because at least at the beginning, their roots are still within the range where they can grow. But once they hit that rock, once they hit that stone, things begin to go south. They only endure for a short while. So we are happy to come to Christ. They're excited with the word of God. But because they are not going deep, then their life begins to take a Turn. I learned last week that the way you plant trees matters. Apparently, we are supposed to plant trees right here in town in a hole that is almost like my waist. It's about a meter. You dig a hole that deep and you put in the right types of soil and so on. You plant that tree within a year, the size of that tree will be different from the ones where we plant the way we plant. Amen? So the smart trees know how deep to go. The smart believers in Christ know how deep they need to go. Hallelujah. So that when tribulation and persecution comes on the account of their allegiance to God, they don't stumble like the soil that is on stony ground. They don't stagger. They don't fall. They don't walk unsteadily. For those of you who have gone to Zomba, ah, forget Zomba. It's the same tree. So I'll use the, 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 the example that is right here in Lidong. When you leave ShopRite and Game, Nico Center, and you're going towards City Center, you, f you have trees on both sides. They're called Mibao and Chichewa. English. What are they? The huge trees on the side. Mibawa. Let's just call them Mibawa. 
Mibawa thrive all the year round. They always have green leaves. You know what their secret is? Their roots are not just where they are. You've got to understand that Nilongo River is just a few hundred meters down there. Nibawa trees go deep to where the water is. So you can plant a Mbawa tree. If you go to Zomba, they are nowhere near a river. Along the highway, the main road. They are nowhere near the river. But they go deep. But when you understand that Zomba mountain is just on the other side and there are a lot of underground streams, you understand how they have survived all this. You can cut it down, come back shortly. They are beginning, they are flourishing again. Amen. So there is hope for stony soil. Just go deeper. Through the stones, just go deeper. Hallelujah. It says that they stumble. Oh, thank God, because when you stumble, you can correct yourself and get up again and keep walking better. At least you knew where you stumbled. You can fall, but the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but the Lord brings him up again. Amen. The tragedy is not to fall. The tragedy is to stay falling. Hallelujah. So if you have fallen, if your walk with the Lord is not flourishing, get up. Try again. Hallelujah. I said get up, try again. If you fall again, get up, try again. I learned it from children. They crawl, then they stand, then they start to walk, and then they fall. I've never seen one who said, this is it. My life will be just down here. They always get up. And somehow in our walk with the Lord, ah, there's another chance. And I like the fact that God is not a God of second chance. God is a God of another chance. Because if it was second chance, none of us would be here. So get up. And try again. Hallelujah. Get up, try again. Fail forward. The other option you have, if you are stony soil, change. Change your soil type or transplant yourself to where you can flourish. Amen. The picture here is that of soil and plants growing, but you can transplant. You know that. Transplant to yourself to where you're going to prosper. Amen? Transplant yourself to relationships which are going to build you up. Transplant yourself to places where you're going to hear the word of God, the full counsel of the word of God, and apply it in your lives. And you will flourish. If you can't transplant yourself... Go deeper. Take your roots deeper and you will flourish like the Mibawa tree. Then there are those who grew among the thorns. These ones also hear the word of God. The thorns grew up and thorns here represent the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches. The desires of other things entering in to choke the word of God. 
Now let's take those one, one by one. Thorns stand for the cares of this world. They are not sin, but they are just things you care about. Okay? I care about my children. I care about my wife. I care about the people in KICC. You are not thorns. Okay? But do you know I can become so taken up with where the school fees is going to come from? I can become so bogged down with where we are going to get money to build the thing we want to build. I can become so bogged down with the cares of this world that they begin to take the life out of me. You know that is possible. You can become so bogged down with the way your business is faring in this harsh economic environment that it begins to snifle the life out of you. The cares of this world. They are not sin, but they are there and they affect us all. When the word of God tells us that what we need to do is to seek God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. Don't reach a place where the cares of this world snuffle out the life of God in you. Then the next one is the deceitfulness of riches. Are riches sinful? No. Is there anything wrong with rich Christians? No. In fact, we have got examples from scripture of people who were wealthy, but they still sought after God. Where the riches become deceitful is this. Where you begin to replace the riches with God. Then you're in trouble. Then you're in trouble. Because the riches become your idol. And when you meet Jesus, he begins to say, uh, go sell everything you have. And because he had great wealth, he went away sad. Because he had mixed up his priorities. Is it bad for us to have ambitions of good things in life? No. But when you begin to replace God with those riches, you're in trouble. Your spiritual life will become snuffed out. It will begin to die. And the devil knows how to play it. He just squeezes you a little bit more. Ah, this is bearable. He squeezes you some. Ah, this is bearable. And before you know it, he's crushed you. That's how Python operates. My desire is that you aim for the best. Amen? I want you rich. If for no other reason, at least for the tithe, it will do us good. But I want you rich. I want you to be able to live a good life. A better life. Seriously, I do. I really do. I have dreams of better things. Better things. Better things. 
Amen. Better glasses. Better car. Better house. I want them in better schools. I want better equipment. If you haven't noticed, I want better equipment. I want us to play even better music than we're doing. Amen. I want better preaching. I don't want you walking away and say, he didn't prepare for it. I want better preaching. I want a sermon that makes you think the rest of the week and beyond. And say, God did speak to me. That's what I want. Because when he does speak to you and you change, you will flourish. I want, I want better things. But those things come after my relationship with Christ. Hallelujah. So I will not be gloomy if you're telling me you're buying a plot in Area 44 because mine is in Area 49. I'll be happy for you. It's a better place. It's prime land. Hallelujah. So shoot for better things. But when the better things begin to replace God, we need to talk because you're going down here. Then it says there are the desires of other things entering in and choking the word of God. Did you, see, did you catch that, that phrase in verse 19? It says the desires of for other things entering in. These things never give up. They keep coming. They are entering in. They keep barging at the door because they want to enter in. And their very purpose for budging at the door of your life and wanting to enter in is to choke the word of God. Why? Because if we choke the word of God, you will not flourish. How many of you know the devil is working? So there are some things they will present to you in one way. They will come back later on. We are told Mrs. Potiphar was on Joseph's case time and time and time and time again. It was a wall of what we call the wall of attrition. You come and you realize, hey, this enemy is formidable. formidable. So what we're going to do is, we'll come today, we'll come tomorrow, we'll come the other day, we'll come the other day, and next week, and you could have a siege for years. Because they understood that at some point, we'll have worn them down, their resistance will be broken. It's the same thing Delilah did with Samson. Oh, tell me the secret of your strength. Uh, if you tie me this way. And, and he's playing with sin. He knows these people want to kill him. And he's playing with it because it's manageable. It's okay. I can deal with this one. But there comes a time when the enemy wears you out. And Delilah pulled out all the stops. She cried. She nagged. She did everything that a wife shouldn't. But he, she did. She did. That was a footnote. But it's the Luke 18 principle. This woman coming before the judge and say, you need to judge on my case. You need to judge on my case. And the judge says, even though I don't fear God or care about man, I have to give her what she wants because she's wearing me out. There are things the enemy will bring in our lives. Wanting to enter in 
for the sole purpose of choking the word of God in me. Okay? That, that's what Jesus is saying here. And, and, and he says, when the word of God is choked, it becomes unfruitful. Anything that enters or wants to enter into your life and it will choke your relationship with God, cut it out. No matter how popular, cut it out. No matter how trendy, cut it out. You need to remain fruitful. Hallelujah. So, keep the things of this world in perspective according to the word of God. This is how you, you deal with thorns. When a thorn has entered into your foot, there's no mercy. It has to come out. Whether it means you cut part of it or what, it, you, it has to come out. It's very uncomfortable. A thorn may be small, but when it is there under your foot, oh, it's, it's, it's very irritating. There's no ways to deal with the thorn. Take it out. If it is growing around you, cut them off. Burn them. You are a person, so move away if you have that option. Amen? Move away. Because thorns don't have good intentions in your life. Then there are the good ones in verse 20. The good ones in verse 20. The Bible says, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Good ground. How is your heart? Is it good ground? Those who hear the word, these ones also hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. Some 30 fold, some 60, and some 100. These ones also hear the word of God. This is the, this, here's the interesting thing. Everybody has got the same opportunity to hear the word of God. In this very church, when we are saying, this month we shall flourish, this month we shall, everybody is hearing this. Some, it is benefiting them. For some, it is not. But the fact remains, everybody hears the same word. And there's no distinction. Anyone can take that word, no matter who you are among us, you put it into action, God will honor that word. He has no favor. Hallelujah. So these are people who also hear the word of God. That's why we keep saying, guys, uh, when you go home, if you're on Facebook, watch this again. All, all the way from the, from the worship and praise, or the watch it again. We have the podcast. Listen to it again. CHF, discuss the message. In your prayer, pray those things. Because when you begin to do that, things begin to happen in your life. Amen. And the word of God is amazing. The same word will speak to you differently. I took last, last Sunday's preaching. It's what I do usually uh, sometimes is that uh, maybe on a Monday or a day that I'm resting, I'll go on the podcast, download that message, and listen to it again. It's amazing that I was the one preparing this. I'm the one who came here and preached it. I'm on my own later on in the week. I'm listening to it, and I'm saying, Oh, okay. I, I'm beginning to learn things from myself, or rather from God through me. Something totally different. Keep 
hearing the word of God. Because when it sinks in and it becomes part of you, you've got armor against the doubts that the devil brings in your mind. Amen? Here's another interesting thing. These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it. That phrase took my attention. Accepting the word of God. Everything about your life lies on this one thing. How you accept the word of God. I think it was last uh, two Saturdays ago when we were praying. Or before that. But, but Pastor McDuff was talking about how you accept the word of God. There are people who go into the word of God looking for a flaw. The Bible contradicts itself. So I want to find those contradictions. And once I find them, haha, you're in hot soup, preacher. Because if you can't explain this, then the Bible is not true. The way they receive the word of God has got issues with them. So where did Cain get his wife? Because if you can't explain that, ah. where, where, were, where those other people created by God as well? Where did they come from? How is it possible that you can have a worldwide flood? It's not realistic to me. And because of these gaps, seemingly gaps, they cannot accept the word of God as the word coming from God. These people, the ones who are good soil, whom I pray we should be, they just accept the word of God as it is. Amen? Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Brother, just begin to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And let me know if your wife complains. Because the truth is, she's going to love it. Amen. Just accept it as it is. I'm not saying we shouldn't ask questions. No, we should. In fact, dig into the word of God. Dig into the scripture. Dig into history about this Bible. Find out if it is really what it is. I want you to dig it. Don't just accept it at face value. I want you to dig it. One of the things we were discussing with I said, you know what, I want, it's not that it will give me more faith, but the opportunity for me to go to Israel and just know that, oh, this is where Peter lived. Oh, this is Joppa. Is that for me is going to cement a lot of things. I'm looking for that opportunity. I have read around the Dead Sea Scrolls and what they... I've read around... There was recently an issue of... Um, they found the tomb where the bones of... Is it Ananias and Sapphira? Is it Ananias? One of the priests had, had a similar name. They found it. And I'm saying, oh, so this is true. Because those accounts are in here. So validate your faith with history. Validate your faith the best way you can validate how. But when it comes to God speaking to you, accept it. It's God's word. 
Amen. And as far as I know, God has never lied. Neither is he the son of man that he should lie. So when he says pray at all times with all manner of prayer, what are you going to do? Pray at all times with all manner of prayer. And when they accept the word of God as it is, something's happening. And it's very interesting. When we were, when we were praying this morning, our sister who was leading us said a statement that just hit me. Like, ah, so I'll not use my statement. I'll use her statement. She said, a word from God will bring us to a point of trust. A word from God will bring us to a point of courage. A word from God will bring us to a point of obedience. Because God is still speaking. There's a word that comes from God to us. If we are willing, let me put it this way. It's like you are the decoder. Okay? If you have a Go TV decoder and you're hoping to catch a premium channel that can only be caught by a multi choice decoder, DSTV decoder, you have missed it. You will not get that channel no matter how hard you try. You've got to tune in. If you want Zodiac radio station, and you are busy away from the frequency that Zodiac is broadcasting at, you will lose it. You miss it. We are in Christ. We have got the potential to tune in to what God is speaking to us. Amen? So let the word of God speak to you. Accept it as it is. And when you accept it as it is, knowing that God loves me, God's intention is for me to flourish. You will be brought to a point of trusting God wholeheartedly. You will be brought to a point of having courage. Like Joshua was told, you need courage to take these people across. Some of the things God is going to ask you to do through his word as you are led by the Spirit will need courage. Amen? It will need courage. Because they are not for the faint of heart. You just need to say, this is what God has said. I'm obeying it. And I'm moving forward. And watch what God will do. In verse 20, it says that these people who are on good ground... They have put themselves in a place where they will flourish. Whether they have applied fertilizer or manure or they have applied uh, stilts, presses, you know, like when you're growing tomato. You want to help the tree stakes. When you're growing the, 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 the tomato, the tree is, is kind of flimsy. So you want to help it grow up. You, you make a, an environment that is conducive for you to flourish. Whether you're going to be in a greenhouse, so to speak, do it. Put yourself in a place where the conditions are right. But it's not just the conditions. It's your attitude. How do you accept the word of God? Who is this God speaking to you? Is he dependable? Is he a God who is faithful? Is he the one who wants the best for you? Does he love you? Put, 
your, your attitude matters. And, and then when you accept that word, you put it into action, you will bear fruit. Psalm 34, Psalm 64, Psalm 104. Now, depending on the different versions, some people have said, no, this means 30%, this means 60%, this means um, uh, 60, 30, 60, and 100. Some have said, no, 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 it's actually 130, 160, 1,000%. Either way, you become fruitful. You flourish. Amen? And that's why we keep saying, and I've said this time and time again, to say, people of God, it doesn't matter to me if your yield is 30% or 130%. The point is, your yield this year should be better than your yield last year. The way you understand God this year should be better than the way you did last year. There should be progress. Alright, there are times when the locust comes and and your crop doesn't do well, or the, the rain didn't come this year, and so on. I'm speaking figuratively, but I'm talking into your life about the things that happen in your life. There are years when things get hard, but you don't throw in the towel. You get up and you say, I will still flourish this year, even though my conditions have been hard. Did you know you can flourish in prison? Did you know that? Wrongly accused, you can still flourish in prison? It's still flourishing to the point that the prison warden said everything about this prison is in the hands of this young man. And the young man was crying to God, when am I going to get out of here, God? When am I? And he gets forgotten for two years after that. And he doesn't let go of God until one day, on a normal day. Remember, I've, I've come to love that phrase because things have been happening in our lives on a normal day. It's true, people. Hmm. On a normal day, you are wanted. Who? Shut up. Just get dressed. Oh, shave too. Uh, you can't wear prison clothes. You're going to meet the fairy. On a normal day. But this guy had been flourishing in prison. And when I say prison, Maula is better. I want you to do your research. The kind of prison that he was working in, Maula was better. This is Egypt. I doubt they had air conditioning. And Egypt is hot. It's in a desert. So, take the word of God as it is and implement it in your life if you want to flourish. And I've deliberately stayed away from material blessing because I think the basis of everything is our relationship with Christ. When we flourish there, he will take care of the rest. Matthew 6.33. He will. I said he will. You will reach a point where people will say, we have heard about your work and we want you to do it. And you will say, I'm sorry, I'm booked for the next two weeks. It's okay, we will wait. Things that happen when you flourish. Hallelujah. Because of who God has made you to become, people, people know how to spot excellence. And when they do, they won't let go. 
There was a time when I was in a particular business renting vehicles to people. Uh, people would come and say, um, we need a bus, 26-seater bus. I'm sorry, we do not have 26-seater bus. We don't care. I'm paraphrasing. We don't care. We want you to find us a 26-seater bus. It happens when people get to know who you really are. Am I saying I'm perfect? Ah, you know better than that. But I'm just saying, when you begin to flourish, Christ is at the center. When you serve people sincerely, people begin to pick it. People know when it's sincere. And they'll be back. And they'll be back again. In spite of you having stiff competition, but they'll be back. They'll say, ah, we know that person. If they will not help you, they will know someone who will help you the way they would have helped you. And it's humbling. And it gives glory to God. So, every one of us hears the word of God. The difference falls in how we respond to the word of God. It is up to you to respond the way the word the Lord of God, the Lord wants us to respond. He wants us to accept His word. He wants us to put it into action, and we will bear fruit. He may prune us. Oh, is that painful? But you still say He is pruning because He wants me to bear more fruit, and that is okay. Hallelujah. Let people, when they leave you, say, Because you have blessed them so much. Amen? Don't become a topic people don't want to talk about. They leave your presence and say, So, we're not going down that road. Because they have met you. God forbid. You need to start getting messages like this. I was talking to so-and-so, and you don't know so-and-so. And they say, should, I should come and talk to you. Because you will help me. May that be your life. Because you are flourishing. And the way you are talking with people, the way you are blessing people, the impact of your life in other people's lives, people begin to say, yeah, let's... And you tell them your story. You say, this is what God has done in my life. Tell the full story, including the parts we don't like to talk about. Because others also learn from there. Amen? So, two things. Number one, I want you to establish in your heart of hearts that God wants me to prosper. You need to start talking to yourself those words. God wants me to prosper. When they have grown, left home, they should be able to say, hey, but my parents are a blessing. 
Now I understand why they did this. It was for my good. They can say that even before they leave home. People at your farewell party, at the office, should, should, should struggle and mumble for words trying to figure out what to say about you because you just impacted their lives. They are so blessed. Amen? You shouldn't reach a point where people are saying, so should we do a farewell party for them or not? Because of the way you were with people. They should actually say, you need to give us some time, at least some four hours somewhere. Let's celebrate. We want to celebrate your presence among us for these past years. You've been a blessing. Amen? God wants us to flourish. In thick or thin, he wants us to flourish. That's the first thing. The second thing, when you hear the word of God, accept it, put it into practice, and you will flourish. You will flourish. Oh, but your life doesn't look like one who is flourishing. Look, when you plant a seed, it takes a while. So if you're in Bower Tree, it might take a few years. 10, 15, 20, I don't know how long it takes. But if you're a banana, ah, it won't take long. If you're a bean, it won't take long. So sometimes we are caught up with the outside in terms of flourishing. How many new shirts does he have this year? And he's talking flourishing. I'm talking about the flourishing of your walk with Christ. Let's begin there. Amen? Because when you begin to walk with Christ and you make your relationship with him, he begins to change the way you do things and things just begin to break out and snowball into better things. That's just the way it is. No matter where you are, whether you bake cakes or you cook food for people or whether you are in accounting, whether you are an architect, whatever it is, things just begin to blow up. Because as you do those things as unto the Lord, you grow. And what you do becomes better. And when it becomes better, people begin to talk and say, you need to go to so-and-so. You want this? Go to so-and-so. You want this? Go to All that, talk to so-and-so and so on. It may take a while, but it will happen. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you need to have that conviction to say, God wants me to flourish. And all I'm saying is, there's a process that we need to go through if you're going to get to a point of you flourishing. You need to plant. You need to take away the weeds. You need to guard that, that which you have planted. You need to tender it. Take away those who want to steal. One day, one day comes when people say, we are going to harvest. Amen? And the Bible promises us in Psalm 92, from verse 12 all the way to 15, that when they begin to harvest, 
this flourishing will just continue to go on. And that's why the Bible talks about when harvest meets harvest. That's flourishing. You never run out of harvest. It means you're planting, you're sowing, you're planting, you're sowing, you're planting, you're sowing, you never stop. You ne- you're planting in and out of season. Hallelujah. So, the things we are talking about here are things that you need to continue doing. One day when they break out, harvest will meet harvest. And when I am blessed with a lot, now I want, I want to be wealthy like Isaac was. The guy who was wealthy, and then he increasingly became wealthy until his wealth got even more wealth. Genesis 26. Remember? I, I want to be like that. And you all know about the power. I want that power. But it should never be that when it comes, I'll forget God. Amen? It should never be that when your dreams are fulfilled, when God has begun to make you walk in your destiny, you will forget him. That every day I wake up, I'll still bury myself in this. Whether you use the Bible app or the real Bible, it doesn't matter. But the issue is getting the word of God. When your name becomes more than a household name, it becomes a worldwide name. It should be said that that man, that woman, loves his God. Loves her God. Because you understand that God wants you to flourish. God wants you to bear fruit. Amen. That God wants you to bear fruit that will last. That God wants you to bear fruit even in your old age. Hallelujah. That's what God wants. And it's transgeneration. The Lord wants us to flourish. To reach a point where our lives declare in this generation and in the generation to come, even all the way to eternity, that the Lord is upright. That the Lord is your rock. And that you will have found that there is no unrighteousness in him. That's God's will. Hallelujah. That's God's will. So pursue God and you will flourish where he has placed you. He might transfer you later on, but pursue God. Amen? You know, there are some people I still chase after. There's a brother in the Lord. He's also a pastor. We got talking a lot about uh, a year ago just talking about the country, or let's pray about this, and so on and so forth. But you know, the more I talk with this brother pastor, friend of mine, the more I've realized, hey, there's a lot of wisdom in here. A lot. So I pursue him, literally. Where are you? I'm in sex secretary. I'm coming. How are you today? How are things? And so on and so on. 
10 minutes, we're out of there. He is flourishing. And if you're smart, you hang out with those who are flourishing and learn a thing or two. Amen? Yeah. You hang out with them, you learn a thing or two, you keep going on your, on your journey. Amen. These days of social media, there are people you can follow, whether they're on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram and so on and so forth. The ones that are flourishing. Learn. Grow. Hang out with the believers. Grow. Flourish. The sky is the limit. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word and your faithfulness. That you want us to flourish. You want us to do well. I pray, O God, for each and every one of us in this room. That as we seek your face, O Lord, you're going to manifest yourself in our lives. As we diligently seek you, you're going to manifest yourself in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, our desire, O God, is that first and foremost, we flourish in our relationship with you. That we will flourish in the way we accept your word. We will flourish in prayer. We will flourish in obedience to your voice. That we will flourish in our relationships one with another. In this church. In our homes. In our families. God, the things that we need to address. Help us, O oh God, to address as we continue, O oh Lord, to pursue being good soil. In Jesus' mighty name. I thank your God for everybody who has listened to this word. That you continue to speak with us. To the end that we'll be able to bear. 134, 164, 1000 fold. And when we have borne that, those amounts even double it the next year. I pray, O oh God, that as we focus on our relationship with you. You shall add on the things that everybody seeks after. Because we have chosen to make your business ours. And we know that you will make our business yours. To the glory of your name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I trust God has blessed you with this word. Um, are there those who have brought the tithe in the house of the Lord this morning?